You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. I am Debbie Hedron. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jessalyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webster. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm your host, John Patch. Joining us is... Dr. Jared Lazarus. From Bay Area Veterinary Care Center. The show is produced by Miss Amanda Page. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Johnny Boy. The show is also produced by Mr. Tony Leg at Business Talk and Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. So when you call in, you'll speak with Tony, and he'll put you on the air with us. Jared, Amanda, we have a special guest joining us this hour. His name is none other than the very infamous Mr. Dean Koontz. Wow. He's going to be talking about his book, A Big Little Life, and we're going to find about a little bit about Dean's life and um, also about this new book that's coming out onto your newsstand, so you can check it out. But once again, you are listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. Give us a call at 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. We're going to be giving away two books, compliments of Dean Koontz. So if you call in with a question for Dean, compliments from Mr. Dean himself. We're going to send you out a book. Again, it's called A Big Little Life, and right now you're listening to Talking Pets. Dean Koontz thought he had everything he needed. A successful novelist with more than 20 number one New York Times bestsellers to his credit, Dean had forged a career out of industry and imagination. Married to his high school sweetheart, Gerda, since the age of 20, and together they had made a happy life for themselves in their Southern California home. It was the picture of peace and contentment. Then along came Trixie. Dean had always wanted a dog, had even written several books in which dogs were featured. But not until Trixie was he truly open to the change that such a beautiful creature could bring about in him. Trixie had intelligence, a lack of vanity, and an uncanny knack for living in the present. And because she was so joyful and direct as all dogs are, she put her heart into everything, from chasing tennis balls to playing practical jokes to protecting those she loved. A service dog with canine companions for independence, Trixie retired at three to become an assistance dog of another kind. She taught Dean to trust his instincts, persuaded him to cut down to a 50-hour work week, and perhaps, most importantly, renewed in him a sense of wonder that will remain with him for the rest of his life. She mended him in many ways. Trixie weighed only 60 pounds. Dean occasionally called her short stuff, and she lived less than 12 years. In this big world, she was a little thing, But in all the ways that mattered, including the effect she had on those who loved her, she lived a big life. We want to welcome onto the program the author of A Big Little Life, Mr. Dean Koontz. Hey, Dean, how are you? Welcome to Talking Pets. Well, I'm glad to be there. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you on, and you've got uh, three major fans sitting here in this studio, and I know across the entire country, people listening right now, 
all huge fan of yours. Well, I uh, I don't want to have to learn anything else because I'm no good mechanically or have any other skills or abilities. So this better continue to work for me. Well, I think you're doing quite well. <laughs> I want to introduce you to Dr. Jared Lazarus. Hi, Mr. Koontz. How are you? I'm well. Yourself? I can't believe I'm, I'm doing great right now. I can't believe I'm finally talking to you, my favorite author ever. Ah, well, thank you. It was funny because, Dean, when um, when I was talking about the show and that you were coming on to talk about your newest book, um, Jarrett was like, I'm there. I've got to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, everyone I've talked to and I've, I've told that you were coming on to the show, you've got a lot of people especially tuning in today because you're on the air. I want to also introduce you to our producer over here, Amanda Page. Hi, there. Hi. Hi, Amanda. Now, we're all dog lovers. I mean, I happen to actually to be living with cats right now. And I've got a bunch of questions for you. Um, if anybody else has a question for Dean Koontz across the country, give us a call at 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. That's the number to call if you've got a question for Dean Koontz. And the first two calls that come in with a question, we're going to give you a complimentary copy of the book, A Big Little Life, and it's by Dean Koontz. You know, you know when you start this book out... Um, you know, first off, I want to find out a little bit more about you in terms of you've written over, you've actually sold over, what, 400 million copies of your books? It, it's pretty amazing. When Jerda many years ago, said to me, I'll support you for five years while you try to make it as a writer. And if you can't make it in five, you'll never make it. So I, I tried to negotiate up to seven, but she has Sicilian blood, so she won that <laughs> negotiation. And uh, we never imagined uh, that it would be as successful as it became we had much more modest expectations so i wake up every day in a state of amazement you know it's amazing in the book when i was reading it a big little life um you start the book off with talking about your life and you get very personal and i will tell you one thing and for my listeners listening across the country dean we have a lot in common growing up um a lot more than you may think and um one thing that i thought was very interesting actually you know about your book is you know in the, in the manner that you grew up and the, the things that you talked about with your dad, um, and like I said, we do have a lot of things in common. And you did originally, didn't you grow up in Bedford, Pennsylvania? Yes, I did. Bedford, little town, about on a diagonal between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. It's probably just in the middle. Well, I'm sure John Cessna, uh, the general manager over at uh, WBFD, is listening right now because they carry the show in Bedford, Pennsylvania. I, I remember John well. I, did you really? I, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's, I'm sure he's probably smiling quite well right now. He's got a lot of issues going on personally in his life uh, right now, and you know he's he's become a really dear friend of mine as well. Ah, good. Uh, I remember him fondly. I think he was one year behind me in school, but I knew him huh? quite well. That wow, <laughs> it's a small world, it really is. <laughs> you know, there's a couple questions coming in um, off of our um, off of our. We're on the webcam, so we do stream live at talkingpets.com. Uh, no G in the talking, by the way. But one of the questions was. Um, in your book, and you talk about this, about going down into your basement when you were a kid, and one of the questions coming in is, there was like moss or fungus growing on your walls down by the <laughs> heater or something, and the question is, is was that, that was the fungus inspiring the creatures in your book, The Taken? <laughs> no, I, I never thought of that. I, I tell about what it was like. We were very poor, and our house had... Uh, uh, no bathroom till I was 12, so you had to go down in the basement to shower. And my grandfather, God love him, built the house, but he wasn't really much of a builder. And uh, so it had moisture issues and all kind of things. So I would go down into the cellar. I always sort of thought that that, uh, that fungus growing on the walls probably was sinister and was just waiting for me to let my guard down, and that would be the end of it. But uh, but I survived. I got out of there. So it wasn't uh, It wasn't an inspiration actually 
You know, it's, the thing that I find amazing is the way you grow up and the things that you go through in your life, like you did with your father um, and like I did with my dad, um, it makes you who you are. You know, I've said for years, uh, um, my father was, uh, for those who don't know, he was uh, an alcoholic. He was violent. He held about 44 jobs in 34 years because he would punch out the boss now and then, which is never a good career move. And uh, so it, it was uh, uh, it was a troubled uh, uh, environment, but my mom was a great person. Uh, and I say to people, if I hadn't had that, uh, I kind of think in a sort of backwards way, my father gave me, me my career, because I grew up thinking the, the way to live a life well is to always think, what would your father do, and then do 180 degrees the opposite. <laughs> and he motivated me to succeed by his example of not succeeding. And uh, in so many ways, I look back on that and think he, there was so much good that came out of it, you can't uh, you can't be upset about the bad that came. And I was always a kid who knew that happiness was a choice. No matter what you were going through at the time, there were things out there in life to make you happy. And for me, as a kid, it was books. And uh, and look where that all led. Amazing. Dean, may I call you Dean? Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. If people call me Mr. Coons, it reminds me when I taught school. That <laughs> <laughs> Dean, I, I, this is the, I read probably 90% of your books. Um, and this is the first book where I'm hearing you talk in the first person about your life. And... Uh, it reminds me of what a, a good sense of humor you have and uh, such a great imagination uh, of the things that you're thinking while you're talking about Trixie and, uh, and, and you're looking at Trixie. It, um, it reminds me of a lot of, uh, of Odd Thomas, uh, the way you talk uh, in your books, uh, or the way things that you would say, I could imagine Odd Thomas saying as well. Do you, do you put a lot of your stuff that happens in your life into your books? Well, you you try to think, okay, I'm writing fiction, and I have a certain worldview, and that's going to come through in the uh, in the fiction, but you uh, the characters you try to have stand alone as who they are, and they're, they're different. Uh, inevitably, as I've learned over the years, a big piece of yourself comes out in, in a novel, whether you are thinking it does or not. And when I finally started letting humor into my novels, because i for many years, the advice of publishers and agents was, you can't do that. You can't put humor in a suspense novel. It'll turn off readers. And I assume it does turn off a few of them, but it gains more than I, I lose. And uh, and it's the way I view the world. I find uh, there's almost, in all things, uh, humor, if you're willing to find it. And uh, it's, it's how I am in my personal life. So it doesn't surprise me. I hadn't thought of it, but it doesn't surprise me if you're reading uh, A Big Little Life, you're going to hear some of the characters in some of my uh, the novels that have more of the, more humor in them. And I, I suppose that, yeah, I suppose in many ways you, you may hear a little bit of Odd Thomas in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did. Dean, a question came in on the web, wanted to know, when is the next Odd Thomas book coming out? I'm uh, I'm I'm working on it. Uh, there's all kind of things going on in uh, with the odd things, so people may have to wait a little longer than they expect. But my goal is that when I go on with the odd Thomas, that I'll publish three books uh, in the series within a year or so, uh, and I want to get them all done before I do that because I want to lead up to the seventh book uh, and carry readers through it without big delays. You know, it's amazing because, you know, I've been hosting my show here, Talking Pets, for 20 years, and I do get a lot of books that are sent in, in to me. And I, I'll be honest, I don't have a chance to read all of them. 
uh, that come in. Uh, medical books, behavioral books are easy for me to, you know, do interviews on. But when it gets to be like a storybook or a novel, um, it's a little bit more difficult. But I did read your book, and I have to admit, I enjoyed it from cover to cover, and I couldn't put it down. And the other thing is that I would imagine, is this someday going to turn into a movie? Well, it's a little hard to make. You know, I, I make the point uh, in in this, and I, I haven't had a lot of good luck with Hollywood, but I make the point in A Big Little Life that uh, uh, I don't have a lot of patience for movies about uh, big, blundering, stupid dogs who, who wreck houses and cause chaos wherever they go. Because in my experience, a dog like that is only a dog like that because somebody hasn't trained the dog. Uh, dogs are by nature wonderful and innocent and want to do well by us. And uh, I said in the book, I'd like to see a movie once about dumb, blundering, uh, chaotic human beings who cause trouble wherever they go, and a good, smart dog who loves them anyway. Uh, that would be a nice switch on it, uh, which is a little bit what I am. I cause more trouble in this book than Trixie does. I turn a Christmas Eve play session into an emergency trip to the hospital for myself. So uh, so it, Hollywood has a trouble doing anything outside of the normal uh, manner in which they do things, so I don't know how they would see this Dean. book. Hold on for one second. We're going to go right back, and the lines are full with questions for you. We'll return more with Dean Koontz. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do, and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. And once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. The number is 866-606-TALK. We're speaking with Mr. Dean Kuntz. 
He's authoring the book, the newest book, A Big Little Life, a memoir of a joyful dog. The dog's name is Trixie. The book's put out by Hyperion. Dean, you can find this book, I would imagine. It, it's going to be coming out in bookstores and also online, correct? Yeah, it, uh, it hit bookstores last uh, Tuesday. And then also um, you have a website, deankoons.com, which I thought was interesting because you have Trixie on the website and you have a whole bunch of things. It's very interactive. She has a, a Trixie has her own sub site and uh, we've just uh, refreshed that quite a lot and we're expanding it and uh, it's, a, it's a, a great little place if you like dogs you go there and I think you find a lot of stuff to make you laugh. It's and you have a newsletter don't you? Uh, we have a online newsletter and we have a snail mail newsletter and uh, uh, Trixie for a long time wrote yeah. well I sent the newsletter to, to people but once Trixie came into our lives it sort of became the Trixie newsletter because uh, she was all over at writing her opinions of my books she never gave me more than a four and a half bone uh, mark though because uh, she she didn't want to look like she was uh, bought and paid for <laughs> Dean, we've got a couple questions coming in for you. We've got two books we're going to give away. And the first one's going to go to George in Washington, in the state of Washington. Hey, George, you got a question for Dean Coons? Yeah, hi, John. Hey, George, how are you? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? We're doing good. Sure, glad you got John on, or Dean on. I, I, uh, one of the best books he wrote was The Darkest Evening of the Year. Uh, uh, and I know he just loves Golden Retrievers. Do they inspire him uh, to write more dog books, or is, uh, is it just... Uh, because he's around them so much that he's so good at it. Well, George, I uh, I wrote my first book with the Golden Retriever Watchers long before I ever had one, but I always admired them. And uh, uh, once Trixie came into my life, then uh, there started to be more dogs of all kinds showing up in the books. But uh, I was halfway through The Darkest Evening of the Year, which is a, a book just filled with Golden Retrievers, when Trixie passed. And... Uh, it, the the grief was so intense that uh, I'd always called myself the Energizer Bunny of fiction. I, I never had a break or a uh, a uh, block uh, that other writers suffer. And then when Trixie passed, I had the first block in my career, and there were about five weeks where I couldn't get a word written. And finally, at the end of that five weeks, I realized that here was darkest evening of the year, uh, full with golden retrievers. And actually, when you get to the end of the book, there's kind of a, a, a wonderful surprise to it that actually fit what I felt about her. I won't give the book away, but yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, wow, uh, I meant to write this book at this time, and you, it, it's a memorial to her. So I, uh, I got on with it and, and finished it. You know, I'll tell you, Dean, when, when you were talking about the end of the book, and I won't give it away either, I'll try to keep my, my mouth shut, but when I was reading the caption um, when you were walking, and it, it touched my heart like... You can never imagine, because I totally believe in what you finished this book with. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> and it, it was just amazing. It was beautiful. I mean, I actually had the visual. And to be sitting there reading the book and get the visual, it was just amazing to me. George, I want you to stay in line. We're going to send you a copy of the book, A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog by Dean Koontz. That's going to come out to you, George and Othello. And we got Dale out there real quick. Dale in Nashville, Mur uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Hey, Dale, how you doing? You got a question for Dean Koontz? Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Anytime. And Mr. Coons, great to talk to you as well. First, let me just say uh, I really love the, the book, The Waking. I couldn't put it down once I started that book. And I was just wondering, um, what is the shortest and longest time it's taken you to write to write a book? And do you write to, for more than one book at a time? Thank you, sir. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very narrowly focused uh, person. I can only do one book at a time. I, I have written a screenplay in a book at the same time, but they're different forms. So I work on one book and one book only until it's done. And uh, 
that means, let's see, the longest uh, probably was something like uh, From the Corner of His Eye or One Doorway from Heaven, which took me, each of those just took me slightly under a year to write. And then other books can take uh, uh, five or six months. Uh, but I tend to work, uh, well, until Trixie, I always worked about a 60 to 70 hour week. And uh, even after Trixie, when she cut us back to 50 hours, uh, which the story of that is in A Big Little Life, how she managed to make that happen. Uh, even after that, when I'm on a deadline the last month of a book, I often go up to 80 hours a week. So I get an awful lot of time put into a book that takes only five months uh, to write. But I never know sitting down how long one of them is going to take. That's the scary part. Dean, hold on. We're going to take a little break. We're going to continue on with Dean Koontz. The book is A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog. You can find it in your bookstores. Dale, stay on the line. We're going to send you a copy of the book. We seldom think of death until it occurs. It seems to be in our distant futures. We associate it with getting old. At least that was the belief, as we've been told. But death sees no face, age, race, species, or personality. It does not matter if you live amongst rich, middle class, or poverty. However time decides it is your turn, we can only watch the ones that have gone before us and learn. It is my time to say goodbye to my master who shall watch me die. I am young and life was short for me, but I will live forever in my master's memory. The hardest part of dying is to leave my master and friends. But who is to say that this life is the end? For since I must leave this life not of choice, I pray that someday again I will hear my master's voice. There is so much I want it to do and be, but life is over, at least for me. My only wish is that my master I leave behind will always remember me and a smile shine. Although at times life has been hard and difficult, I know now that the reasons were not all my fault. You take life's punches as they come, many at a time, or one by one. I lived my life as best I could, and answered the questions I thought I should. But death is a challenge that no one will conquer. Whether young, old, one or one hundred, no one shall live forever. I'm sure. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. If you'd like a copy of that poem that I wrote, you can uh, send a letter to me at John Patch, P.O. Box 262526, Tampa, Florida, 336. Eight, five. By the way, you can check us out on the webcam. That's TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com, or MySpace.com forward slash TalkinPets. Uh, click on the dog watching TV and you can watch us. We're also on Twitter.com forward slash Radio, as well as Facebook.com forward slash Radio. We're speaking with Mr. Dean Kuntz. If you've got a question for Dean, you can give us a call at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. We're speaking about his book, A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. You can also check him out at www.deankuntz.com. Once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. And once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. We welcome your calls and questions at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. We're speaking with Mr. Dean Kuntz. 
A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog. It's about his dog, Trixie. It's a fantastic book. You can find it in your bookstores. You can find it online. You can visit his website at www.deankuntz.com. But if you have a question, now is the time to call at 866-606-8255 about this wonderful man, his family, his wife, and his dog. Uh, 866-606-8255. Dean, I, uh, this is uh, Jared uh, Lazarus. I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, first of all, to Jerda, um, she sounds like an absolutely amazing woman, and kudos to her for allowing you five years to jumpstart your career. And that, for that, I'm sure we all thank her. Um, I was going to ask you, can you tell us a, maybe a tidbit about Trixie that's not mentioned in the book? Uh, yes, it's, uh, uh, you know, when you're trying to write a book and you're trying to keep it cohesive, uh, there's things that you say, well, that, that, that I doesn't fit in. I can't make that anywhere. But one thing I remember is a perfect example of uh, part of what I write about in the book is that there is a, high, a greater intelligence in dogs than they're sometimes given credit for. And uh, and I, of course, reached the conclusion in the book uh, uh, that uh, the dog is, is, is a spirit as, as surely as we are, that they have souls as surely as we do. And uh, uh, But she was uh, just so bright that it it it, uh, it startled me over and over again, and and uh, some friends gave us who knew how bright she was, and always marveled at her. Found this dog toy that I think it's a whole line. I can't remember the line, unfortunately, but uh, it, this dog toy that looked uh, very clever, and it was it's developed for dogs to really test them and test their intelligence, keep them engaged for long periods of time, and it was a big plush toy bone which had. Um, plush knobs on the end, and then a series of different colored rings that fit over the knobs on the end in the middle of them. I think there were six rings or something like that. And the instruction said, now take this bone and show your dog that if you compress the plush end, you can pull off the rings one at a time. So show the dog how that's done, then put him back on the bone, and then show the dog again. And after you've shown the dog two or three times how those rings come off, give the bone to the dog, and they will be entertained for hours trying to compress that end and pull each ring off individually. So I gave the uh, the toy to Trixie, and she I put it on the floor in front of her after showing her all that, doing just what I was told. And she looked at the bone, and she looked at me, and she looked at the bone, and there was this expression like, are you kidding me? And she picked up the bone by one of the ends, whipped her head back, shook it with all her strength, and instantly threw off all six rings across the room. <laughs> so instead of hours, it took her about three seconds to finish it, and then she dropped the bone and looked at me and said, okay, Dad, maybe it'll occupy you for hours. But <laughs> and we wonder who the intelligent ones are on this planet. I love that. Hey, we've Great. got a question coming for you from Dave in Beaverton, Oregon. He's got a question for you, Dean Coons. Hey, Dave, what's your question? Dave. Hey, hey Dave. Yep. You got a question for Dean Coons, Dave? Uh, I was talking to Tony. He was talking to me. Oh, yeah. You're you're uh, actually on the air, but do you have a question for Dean Coons? Uh, I've already asked my question. Oh, okay. Uh, you might have asked it to Tony, but we didn't get it on the air. But we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll figure oh. out what you're doing. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no problem. That's Dave out there in Oregon. Once again, you are listening to Talking Pets. We're speaking with Mr. Dean Koontz. He's the author of A Big Little Life, a memoir of a joyful dog. It's put out by Hyperion Books. You can actually find it in bookstores. You can find it online as well. You can visit Dean Koontz at his website, and that's deankoontz.com. There's a lot of great information on there. There's a monthly column by Trixie, uh, Trixie Koontz. There's also a scrapbook and information on CCI, which is Canine Companions for Independence. And we're going to find out a little bit more about CCI and the way it's written into... Uh, Dean's latest book, A Big Little Life. This is 
Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. Now, i got to ask you, Dean Coons, with this book, A Big Little Life, and the life that you had with uh, Trixie, and it was approximately, what, eight years, nine months, five days? Yeah, that's approximately. <laughs> pretty, pretty close, huh? Yeah. And was it love at first sight? And and Trixie came to you from... Now, Trixie was a release dog from CCI. Could you explain what a release dog is? Well, there's two types of release dogs. Uh, a canine companion for independence dog gets uh, 24 months of uh, raising and training, and the last six months are very intense. Uh, so they're, when they're two years old, they go into service with uh, uh, somebody with severe disability, uh, oftentimes paraplegic, quadriplegic, spinal bifida children, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, they can uh, make possible an independent life for people who otherwise uh, had to live with relatives or something. And so they do just great work. Uh, the two release types are the one that does so, so many months of the training, and at some point they say, well, this dog just will not be able to make it all the way through. Then the other kind of release dog was like Trixie, who uh, was in service with a young woman who lost both legs in a traffic accident, beautiful young girl. And Trixie was in service with her for um, six months, and uh, then Trixie started limping and had an elbow problem. It turned out to be congenital. She had to have surgery. And once a dog has joint surgery, they have to take them out of service. Uh, they don't pull a wheelchair as part of their duties, but if there was ever a crisis or a problem and they had to pull the chair, they have to know that they can do it without a joint problem. So at three years old, Trixie came to live with us, and she was here very close to nine years, and uh, we expected it to be wonderful, but we didn't expect it to change our lives, and it did exactly that. Well, that's the amazing part is when, you know, all these all these years, uh, you and Jordan didn't want to bring in a dog into your life, and all of a sudden you did, and you brought the release dog, and you brought Trixie in, and amazing how it changed your life, correct? 
Exactly. It was we'd worked with Canine Companions for many years, and uh, uh, they kept offering us a release dog, and we kept saying we're too busy, we're too busy. And I said to Jerry, "We're going to be ninety, saying we're too busy. Let's just do this now." Uh, and we finally did it. And uh, Anna came in, and I, I, I learned a lot about myself from half, from taking care of this dog, from watching this dog, with living with this dog with joy. And uh, one of those things that I realized was that over the years, a guy who'd always been a happy guy and always been a positive-minded person had gotten kind of cynical because of betrayals in business and because of people not being what you often hoped and wish they would be. Uh, I'd just gotten somewhat cynical, not quite as full of wonder as I used to be, and this dog returned me to that state of wonder I'd once held and and back to that state of positive-mindedness I'd always uh, relied upon before. And because of her coming to me at that moment in my life, it changed dramatically the kind of things I was writing, and for much the better, because the books that came after her were uh, light years better than the, the books before. Not that I hated the books before, but uh, and critics and readers agree with me. There's some readers who would like me to go back to the kind of stuff I wrote pre-Trixie, but mostly not. You know, there's so many stories in the book that you put in there and so many sub-stories and everything that make this book so intriguing and so so wonderful to read and such an easy read, actually, that you don't want to put it down. Um, and you often talk throughout the entire book about Trixie and Trixie's expressions, that she laughs and she smiles and, you know, she's got that giggle. And, and so you obviously believe that, you know, animals, a lot of people, you know, from doing the show for so long, a lot of people will think that the animals are lesser creatures, but they do exactly what we do. They have emotions. They give birth. They, you know, they do laugh. I, uh, I I make a point in this book of raising the issues of those experts who uh, are quick to tell us that the emotions we think we see in dogs are merely transference. It's what we would like to think we see in them, and it's not the same thing at all. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's a laboratory view of a dog. It's not a real-world view of a dog. And uh, when you live with one, one of the things I try to say in this book is don't just live with your dog as a pet. Live with your dog as a companion. Live with your dog as a member of the family that you you treat uh, as as much as you would treat your own child uh, you you do for it the same way and it will be an enlightening experience you will be open to discoveries that are breathtaking at times i i, I came to believe this dog was much much more intelligent than i thought a dog could be i uh, i came to believe that there was a spiritual side to her and i had that reinforced by uh, a lot of people in our lives who would go out of their ways to tell us how special she was and and, uh, and that's a theme of this book also, that life is very mysterious, and we make a big mistake if we think we know everything, because we don't. Dean, you mentioned in your book that Trixie mended you and, and, and Jerda in many ways, and you mentioned one of those just, just before. Can you give us a, another example of two and how she mended you? It's uh, she. She. Uh, I would say I had sort of drifted away from the faith of uh, of my life, and uh, and was it was part of that cynicism that also made me start to distrust people in a way I hadn't done before. And watching her and thinking about her, uh, I. I I was brought back to uh, to my faith that I had sort of just wandered away from. And it may seem odd, and it's very difficult to lay it out in a, an interview as opposed to a whole book that you take away to show how that happened. But uh, 
I, I had many experiences that I thought there was something very special about this dog in a way that related to uh, spiritual matters. And one day we had an Indian neighbor who, uh, Indian family lived near us, and uh, they had a grandfather who was in a walker who went walking every day just at the time we took uh, her out for her walks. And he would always stop and talk to us. And one day he said to me, after about a year, he said to me, um, can I tell you something wonderful about your dog? And, well, of course, we all want to hear something wonderful about our dogs. And I said, yes. And he said, well, do you, do, do you know what she is? And I said, well, yes, she's a golden retriever. And he said, no, I know that. I just mean... In our religion, we believe in reincarnation, and we believe that when somebody has read, led a near-perfect life, they still have to come back one more time uh, to lead another human life. But in between, once in a while, they come back as a beautiful dog, and your dog is one such. Your dog has led an almost perfect life as a human being. Now we'll lead this life as a dog, and we'll come back and lead a perfect life the next time. And you have been given con- uh, stewardship of a holy soul. Well... That was the kind of thing that when uh, happened with her that made me start to realize how often there were those kind of moments and look at the possibility she was put into my life for a reason. Dean, hold on for a second. We're going to take a little break and beautifully put. I mean, and, and you express that in this book, of course, A Big Little Life. Talk and Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. And we're speaking with Dean Kuntz, the author of A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog. This is such an inspiring book, and it's such a great book. I recommend it to all my listeners across the country to go and get it. It's in your bookstores. It's online. You can also check out Dean Kuntz's uh, website at www.deankuntz.com. 
You know, Dean, there's so much to get into you with this book. I mean, I have I have a million questions, and we only have two minutes left um, of the hour, so I know we're at the end. But um, I, I literally do. I have a million questions for you um, to deal with this book. I mean, your 32 years of marriage with, with your wife and everything that you've dealt with, you know, with Trixie in this book to the first time that, you know, people around her discovered that she got gas. Um, you know, and so there's a lot of humor in the book as well as heart, you know, you know, wrenching moments, and it's just it's just a beautifully written book. But to end it off, I mean, Jared and I both want to, you know, say thank you for joining us here on the program. Yes. And also, I know what it was like because I read the book, and I I, I felt your emotions when, when the time came to say goodbye to Trixie. And you do live your life with Anna, who has a relationship to Trixie, by the way, and people will discover that in the book. But what was it like for you? I mean, can you give anybody advice in the next minute or so? And how they can get through the loss of their own pet? Uh, it's it's tough, and uh, uh, it's just uh, getting a sense that uh, in this book I talk about getting a sense that there is um, meaning to everything. And uh, uh, actually, the, I I say in the dedication of the book that the um, uh, the pain was so great because the joy was greater, and. That's what I think people can uh, remember uh, and tell themselves every day after the loss. That uh, that's why it hurts so much because it was so wonderful in the first place. And some people will say, "I can never have a dog again because I can't go through that." Uh, yes, you can, and you want that beauty again. You know, Dean. I just have to say that you know it was from from me. I from me. Uh, I'm. So honored to speak to you, Dean. It was a great interview with you, and uh, I wish that you know sometime you can join us on the show again because it was uh, you know deeply my pleasure. And, and thanks for putting out such a wonderful book about Trixie because it really you could tell it comes from your heart. And the big it's called A Big Little Life, a memoir of a joyful dog by Dean Koontz. Well, Dean, thanks thank for you for us. having me there. I'd come back anytime. And you got great bumper music. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Dean. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> Take care. Appreciate it. And give our best to your wife, uh, Jerda. I will. Thanks, thanks so much, and a big hug to Anna. I will. That's Dean Koontz, the author of A Big Little Life, A Memoir of a Joyful Dog by Mr. Dean Koontz. Of course, he has sold over 400 million copies of his books. And uh, if you go out to the bookstore, you can find it out there. And uh, it's a great book. You're really going to enjoy it. And if you love your dog and you love dogs, I mean, you're just you're really going to get into this. And you find out so much, too, about Dean, you know, yes, you and do. about his family and about Jerda and, you know, but the ending of the book, oh, God, it's just, it's heart-wrenching what he goes through. Um, but then in the final moments of the book, it's just beautiful. It he's really a beautiful is. writer, and he's very expressive. Dean Koontz, great man. Thank and you, Dean. look forward to him coming on the show again. From myself, John Patch. Dr. Jared Lazarus. And Amanda Page. And special thanks to our producer there at the networks, uh, Tony Lake. This is Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.